words on water. Welcome to Words on Water, a podcast from the Water Environment Federation. This is the host, Travis Loop, joined for this episode by Andy Cricken. He is Managing Director at Moonshot Missions, also a Senior Fellow at the U.S. Water Alliance, and has a distinguished history uh, in Camden, New Jersey with the water uh, utility there. Andy, thank you for coming on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure, Travis. Always uh, a pleasure to, to talk with you and uh, support your work. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to talking to you today about the issue of workforce, just one of the critical issues facing the sector. Uh, and you helped put together a workforce compendium uh, that we want everyone to take a look at. What is this document? Uh, thanks. Well, I so appreciate uh, the leadership at WEF, especially Walter Marlowe and, and the WEF management team in giving me the opportunity to work on this. Uh, the idea basically is is that there are utilities out there that have already implemented you know, successful water workforce programs. And rather than having other utilities having to make this up by themselves and figure out what they want to do themselves, why not take the best case studies from the best utility leaders and develop basically like a cookbook of, of recipes? Uh, there are 21 case studies, all of which are then you know, uh, available uh, to the reader of the compendium so that utility managers can see you know, which makes sense for them and which they could adapt and replicate. And uh, really, it's a, a terrific document. And, and the main thing I want to do is, is not only thank WEF, but also the 21 utilities who contributed their case studies, who are making a difference in their communities and the individuals that work there with their workforce programs, but are willing to share that knowledge and information with other communities across the country. So um, they're not only helping their own community, which is great, but also they're, uh, they have a willingness to help people that they may never meet, but they can make a big difference when people copy their good ideas elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mentioned the workforce is one of the big central challenges facing the water sector. That's not no surprise. Everybody knows that. Could you share some of your perspective on that, though, this this challenge that's going on right now, and then f- maybe feed into why why a compendium like this, uh, you know, <laughs> was necessary? Absolutely. Well, this is the perfect time to look for more opportunities to inject Jedi, justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion, and good day for it, May 4th, right? Uh, uh, into, the, into the water, but I didn't coin that. But anyway, but to, to inject justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion into the water workforce, because first of all, you have a, a significantly increased attention in social justice in the nation in general, which is terrific. And then in specific, and particularly water equity, uh, something that people have been talking about for a while, but really if it's hit um, a good wave, if you'll pardon the pun, uh, for uh, over the past couple of years. So more attention in water equity. Second, retiring water workforce. The Brookings Institute did a, and it's a study showing that 50% of the water workforce is eligible to retire within the next three to five years. So people are leaving. We need replacement workers and they can come from the communities in which the utilities are, are, are serving. So it, it's the, per- the water workforce initiatives are really perfect you know, nexuses between departing, you, you know, replacing uh, you know, departing workers and generating more work and, and for the communities that you're serving. In addition, the extra infrastructure funding gives more opportunities to, to hire contractors who could be, uh, you know, 
diverse as well. And so there's an opportunity to replace, to hire replacement workers from the community, but also be uh, looking at the JEDI principles, justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion in the contracts that will come from the new infrastructure bill. So there couldn't be a better time to be focusing on water workforce um, and water workforce opportunities. And as I said, because there are some terrific, amazing leaders in, in our water sector that have been thinking about water equity for, for decades and implementing uh, great practices, including water workforce, why not take those uh, ideas and try to uplift them to help make them become the rule, not the exception in the water sector? Mm. Uh some real nuggets and, and gems there in what you said. I, I love how you framed it out. So there's that fundamental numbers game of retirements that he pointed out 50%. That can't be said enough. That's massive. Um, but then it comes at a time with this increased emphasis on, on diversity, equity, inclusion, and add the J at the beginning for that great Jedi acronym. And when this infrastructure, I mean, it's just like the perfect storm here to really tackle this this issue. I guess the compendium comes in handy then because a lot of utilities are facing these challenges and might not know how what some solutions are, right? They might not have great ideas in-house or the typical status quo approach isn't working. So give them some other ideas, right? Absolutely. I mean, one of the things I love about the public sector, I mean, the private sector and the water industry does a lot as well. But one thing about the public sector is that they're willing to share knowledge and information. So like if McDonald's knew a better way to make a hamburger, they wouldn't share it with Burger King or vice versa. From the water sector, we're glad to share. So rather than having to reinvent the wheel in 15,000 or 60,000 different silos across the country, you know, why not take advantage of the utilities work that has already been done because everyone can learn from something. And one great example of that is the former utility I worked at in Camden, the Camden County MUA was right across the river from Philadelphia who had implemented a really successful a uh, power core program, an AmeriCorps program, helping underserved youth, getting young men and women from 18 to 26, get jobs to implement their green infrastructure program. We were looking to do something similar. They were, not only was it available for application, but because public to public cooperation, they shared their entire game plan with us, helped mm. us get the same funding that they got and helped us implement a, a, a program. So it was replicable and adaptable. And that's the same is true of these 21 case studies that really any utility manager could look at the 21 cases and find something that they could do to uplift their own water workforce initiatives. Love it. Now, I, I know that all 21 of these are great examples. That's why they're in the compendium. Uh, and, but what are a couple just examples? Um, they're all favorites of yours also, I'm sure. But what are, what are a couple that jump <laughs> out that you, that you like that you could share? Well, I must say, and I'm, I am prejudiced, but I really do like PowerCore Philadelphia and PowerCore Camden. Um, I was so attracted, attracted to it when I saw Philadelphia doing it because you're taking young men and women who are at-risk youth, who in most cases have never had a job before. They, in many cases don't have a high school edu- diploma or may not, in some reason they're at risk, but they're salvageable. They're, 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 they're just young and they're, just, they're looking for their first chance. And taking them, helping them get their first job, helping them get get an income that can turn their life around. And then, you know, also at the same time, doing some of the benefits of the community, green infrastructure, which soaks up stormwater and eliminates combined sewage flooding, reduces overflows into the river. So it's it's win, 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 win. (laughs) And then with the AmeriCorps funding that we were able to do it and Philadelphia as well without raising rates because the, the grant costs. The grant helped offset the cost. And I'll just tell a quick anecdote. Sure. One thing I really want to 
want to emphasize is that you can look at this report, and I please hope that people do, and see the numbers, you know, 500 people served, 1,000 people served, but each one of them is an individual story. Mm. Just like when, you, when you, you read the diary of Anne Frank and you think how moving it is and realize that there were 6 million Jews that were killed, and that's just one, there's 6 million volumes of Anne mm. Frank's and 45 million killed in the war. You, know, you, just, you just think that that's just one. Similarly, I'll just tell one quick story and realize sure. that that's just one person from one program of the many programs across the nation. But there was one of the very first alumni of our program, we started our program in Camden in 2013. One of the alumni came back seven years later to talk on a panel about social justice and talking about his very first job was PowerCore Camden. He had never uh, gotten a job. He'd had problems in school, dropped out of school, had some life issues, turned him around, gave him, someone believed in him, gave him his first chance. Seven years later, he was running a youth basketball league in Camden, helping 300 kids every summer. 2,100 kids had already gone through, or sorry, 1,500 kids had already gone through his program as of 2020. And that's just one person right. impacted 1,500. So this the ripple effect that of, of the making of making a positive difference. So not only is this the smart thing to do and the right thing to do, but it's an imperative thing to do to help you know uh, individuals in, in the communities that we're serving make a positive difference for them for their communities. And also, of course, do the important work that we're doing to protect clean water and safe waterways. So it's just all the way across the board. Um, so that's one I'm personally familiar with, but there's so many terrific stories. Cause one of the things about the compendium that encourage people to read it is that it not only describes the case study and the logistics, but it really describes how to do it. And each case study has an individual story from one of the, the, um, the, per- the people who worked in it and why it meant, meant the difference to them. So that's only 21 individuals you're hearing from but still you get a sense of what a difference these kinds of programs make for the, for the individuals that get to go through them. And of course the communities that those individuals live in, but you, I mean, there were case studies of, of people that were, you know, getting the, the you know, youth education jobs. There were um, jobs, you know, internships, entry level positions, and even trying to uh, you know, promote equity in middle management, helping people who are already in the agency, you know, move up and not just be stuck at the entry level. But there were so many wonderful stories um, about people whose lives had been changed um, yeah. by, the, by the programs that were done in these cities like Milwaukee and uh, Cleveland, uh, Washington, D.C. And I mean, Houston, I mean, New Orleans was 21, as you'll see, so I can't go through them all. But <laughs> just, they're, all, they're all really amazing sources. And the other thing that was interesting is, is that there were a lot of similarities. Again, most of them were either... You know, youth or entry level, but there were some middle middle management uh, opportunities. But all of them had, and the common theme of promoting diversity, equity, inclusion, and, and justice. But the approaches that they all took were all, all a little different, mm-hmm. um, you know, because of their unique situation. So the point is, is that even the twenty one communities could learn a little from each other as well. There is not just one size fits all. That's why twenty one case studies will really provide a a broad you know recipe cookbook of recipes that utility managers can, um, you know, duplicate and replicate. Yeah. Well, I, two things. I remember being at a water event, a little conference in DC a number of years ago, and someone from, I think from one of the power cores was on a panel. And uh, when that person spoke and told the story, there were a lot of tears in uh, in that room among the audience, just because of the power, how powerful and moving it was. Um, Incredible. And And what you're saying really gets to the idea that water utilities are kind of being remade into these 
anchor institutions in the community. They've always been yes. because they provide the water, right? But now yes. they're like em embracing this role in lifting up the community in the benefit, multi-benefits of everything they do. And this is another example of that. Um, so this is this is more than just a, a compendium of case studies. You know, this is a, a a roadmap to the to the role that water utilities need to have in their community. Uh, Andy. Um, Awesome. Uh, we will have the link in the description. We will keep promoting this. Thank you for your work to put it together. Uh, really appreciate it. My pleasure, Travis. Thanks to you. And thanks again to Walter Marlowe and, and WEF and, and especially to the 21 utility managers who contributed their stories. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Words on water.